how connected we are and how similar our experiences and our lives and our lessons and our relationships with our mothers are, no matter where we are or how old we are. And it's beautiful to see that a mom on a farm in Nepal and a mom somewhere in Tanzania and a mom in Switzerland goes through similar battles and challenges and thus teaches similar lessons. Hi, this is Danae. I'm the founder of Simple Families. Simple Families is an online community for parents who are seeking a simpler, more intentional life. In this show, we focus on minimalism with kids, positive parenting, family wellness, and decreasing the mental load. My perspectives are based in my firsthand experience raising kids, but also rooted in my PhD in child development. So you're going to hear conversations that are based in research, but more importantly, real life. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for tuning in. I'm so happy to have you here. The voice that you heard in the intro is Anna Titer. Now to give you a little background on how I choose guests for the podcast, I get dozens and dozens of PR agents sending me potential guests every week. And it is hard to sort through them all. So honestly, I don't very often invite or respond to guests that are pitched to me, mostly just because I'm overwhelmed, not because they're not good or they're not worthy, just because it's a lot to sort through. So I prefer to go out and find the guests that seem interesting to me or that I think would be interesting to you. Now, Anna sent me an email a couple weeks ago and it immediately caught my attention. She told me a little bit about her project, which is a podcast called Thank You Mama. She launched it in 2020, and she interviews women around the world about the lessons that they learned from their own mothers. And I think this is a fascinating topic because the world that we're living in right now, we often undervalue the lessons from the generations that have come before us because the world has changed so dramatically in so many ways. At least that's my rationale for it. Many of us parenting today are more likely to go to a Facebook group to get advice than to our mothers or to our grandmothers. And to take it a step further than that, the natural negativity bias that the human brain has often leads us to notice and to attend to all the negative things that we got from our own parents, all those negative lessons, all the things we don't want to repeat. So it can be harder to find the strengths and to notice the strengths and to appreciate the strengths and the lessons from the generations that have come before us. And that's what Anna's doing. And she's doing it in such a beautiful way by collecting stories from women throughout the world, from different cultures, different backgrounds that are still so wonderfully connected in many ways. So a little bit about Anna. Anna was born in Zagreb, Croatia, the former Yugoslavia, and had to flee when bombs reached her hometown at the age of 17. She continued her education in Austria and became an accomplished author and journalist. She contributes to German, Austrian, Croatian magazines and newspapers, and now this wonderful podcast, Thank You, Mama. In this episode today, Anna is sharing more about her project, and more importantly, she's sharing the story and the lessons from her own mother, who was a Yugoslavian actress and artist. You may notice in this episode that there is a little bit of a delay. I was recording during an ice storm here in New York, and Anna was in Vienna, Austria. So a little bit of a lag, a little bit of fuzziness, but I think it's worth it. The conversation is good. Thanks again, and I hope you'll enjoy this episode. Hi, Anna. How are you? Hi, I'm fine, Danae. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for chatting with me today. I'm very excited to be here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. 
My name is Anna Teider. I am a book author, a journalist, and two years ago I launched a podcast called Thank You Mama, in which I interview women from all over the world, literally all over the world, from all different backgrounds, religions, generations, cultures, about the most valuable lessons they learned from their mothers. And what's also important as I learned in the process, the lessons they wish their mothers taught them. (laughs) Oh, I love that. And when you emailed me telling me about your show, I was instantly attracted because one of the things we talk about a lot on the Simple Families podcast is imperfections in motherhood. And I think that extends to understanding the imperfections and the lessons that our own mothers gave us. Yes. You know, what? what's exciting, what I've learned in the process is I've learned to start with mom's life story through these stories, how our moms were conditioned in, in, you know, by their cultures and their experiences and their histories um, and how that's what makes them imperfect and how, how once we embrace that, it's easier to forgive them for their mistakes and understand where they're coming from and, and where what they've taught us and what they didn't teach us also comes from. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm learning about these imperfections and how each mom is so unique, you know, and, and, and has her own reasons for the way she is. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's hard to see the lessons. Sometimes we have to dig a little deep to find them. It's, it's very, sometimes it's very difficult, even when the relationships are great. But recently, I've somehow it happened that most of my guests have had very challenging relationships with their, mo- with their moms. And I'm not right now in the middle of exploring this, this topic of complicated mother-daughter relationships and learning how even when the relationships were difficult, there's always something to learn, you know, even, even in, in, in more difficult relationships. Yes. And the nature of intimate relationships are that they're challenging and they teach us (laughs) at the same time, (laughs) even when they're great. Look, my mom was fantastic, but even she wasn't perfect. (laughs) Right. Yes. Well, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about your mom. My mom's name is Iago da Caliper, and she was a Croatian and before that a Yugoslavian because Yugoslavia doesn't exist anymore, actress and artist. And she's an amazing, amazing human being um, for so many different reasons. First, for this um, two parallel careers that she had, and she was equally successful in both of them. So she was discovered when she was 17, she started acting in in her first movie. And then one movie came after the other and one came after the other. She immediately started collecting awards for her acting and got all the awards that that you can get for acting in Yugoslavia back then. and was very, very celebrated, both for her beauty and her style, but and, and for her talent. And parallel to that, she graduated from the Academy of Arts. Um, and right after she graduated, she had her first show. Um, it was conceptual art back 
then in the 70s and with her first show she got celebrated for her artistic work and she somehow continuously pushed uh, in, maybe in phases you know her her movie career and her art career and then what's especially beautiful is that in her early 60s she reinvented herself yet again and she learned how to use a camera and edit and created her own first movie became oh, wow. a movie maker yes and and she made a movie called a woman in the mirror where she mixed um images and and clips from her movies when she was young and her own video recordings of herself at the older age her everyday life and it became a beautifully poetic kind of a research of of female of aging and of how our our surroundings um, react to us versus how we see ourselves. So at 60 something, she came back to the limelight with this movie that she made herself. And she was yet again invited to movie festivals around the world and won awards with it. And it got bought from the Museum of Contemporary Arts in Zagreb as, uh, for, for their permanent collection. Wow. So that, 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 was, that was beautiful, watching her in her 60s, you know, yet again reinventing herself and being successful with what she's doing. Um, now, you were an only child, right? I was, yes. And how old was she when you were born? She was 27. Okay. Tell me a little bit about early life with her. My early life with her was very exciting because mama on movie sets. Right. <laughs> and especially because she would she liked putting me in her movies as well. So whenever there was a role for a little girl, um, I was cast. So I appeared in a few movies with her, and that was very, very exciting. But also what was exciting that was that she was very social she had many many friends she was always out at some premieres opening nights gallery openings book readings there was always something going on and she knew many many interesting people um, who we lived in a center of Zagreb, center of Zagreb and it was totally normal that people would just ring our bell when they you know happened to be there and come over so all these artists musicians feminists writers would drop by and hang out and that was exciting um mama was also a big activist and this is what people loved her for as well she uh organized a fund called a fund for hungry child and um collected money and funds to buy medication and food for hungry children in in africa and she would travel with the donations she would personally go to Africa to Sudan many times to make sure that the medication and food uh, reached the children and watching that was also very very impressive for me as a child um, also you, her feminist gatherings you know she was yeah. she was she was active like she was very engaged and she wanted to make the world a better place that that really stayed with me so this was all in the former Yugoslavia, right? Yes. At what point in your childhood were you impacted by the war? I was 17 
And I just recovered from a very, very complicated back surgery. I had scoliosis and spent, I think, six years or so in a back brace. And unfortunately, that didn't help. So I had to go through this very, very complicated back surgery. I was in a hospital just as the Berlin War wall fa- fell. And that was, it was, I knew things are changing. I couldn't have imagined that they would change so much. So it took me a year to recover from the surgery. I had to wear a, like a whole body cast, whole torso cast for six months. And then uh, another back brace for another six months while doing physical te- therapy to get my muscles back. And basically more or less just as I got rid of those casts for the first time in seven years, the war reached Croatia. And I imagine what's happening in the Ukraine right now probably feels very familiar to you. Oh, I have to tell you, I, I'm dealing with quite some PTSD right now. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm dealing sorry. both with my own feelings and, and, Oh, this sadness that just I can't get rid of, but also my, my heart goes out to the children. I, you know, I was, I was sitting in our shelter in our basement from, of, of, you know, in, in Zagreb with the first air raid we had and the, the city went into a blackout and we didn't expect it. I guess just like Ukrainians didn't, you, you don't want to believe it's going to happen. Yeah. We, you know, the war crept in through in Croatia little by little, you know, first look just like in Ukraine and, but you always think, ah, it won't, it won't happen to me. Right. It won't happen to us. And that one beautiful Sunday afternoon, it was sunny and beautiful. It was September. Mom was taking a nap. You know, the dog was snoring. I was doing my homework. And suddenly this air raid went on. And I tell you, that's a sound you never want to hear in your life. Yeah. We, we, even though we knew the country's in a war, we, we weren't ready. We ran into our basement and the jets, the, the, the war, the jets, when they fly over your house and there were many of them flying over Zagreb that day, they, they, everything trembles. It's, it's really, even if there are no bombs falling, it's extremely scary. We spend a few hours in the basement. At that stage, my dad already lived in Vienna. My parents separated when I was nine. So once the air went off and we were allowed to leave the basements, we just gathered our most essential things and caught the first train, midnight train to Vienna. Wow. And it was crazy because we thought this is going to only last for a few days. And it lasted for four years, you know, it's, it, it's, it's So did crazy. you leave your home and you were gone for that whole four years? I, we left our home. Um, mom went back, I think three months later, there was a reason why mom and dad separated. They just could not stay together. (laughs) She would rather go back to a country in war than stay in the same house always. (laughs) Now I can laugh about it. Right. Um, And yeah, so she went back three, after three months and that was very traumatic for me because I remember the day they shelled Zagreb. Um, I was watching CNN and watching what's happening and called my mom and this guy answered the phone in her apartment. He's like, I'm the painter. I'm painting your apartment. I'm like, where's mom? You're there shelling. And he's like, she's on, she took her bicycle and went to, to the paint store to buy more paint. 
and I was oh my god I I can't you can't imagine how so the moment she called me came back I, I was so relieved yeah the war wow. went on and she how did that impact her career and her life uh you know the whole country was on standstill more or less for four years um it was very very difficult for her because she was she's a freelancer and an actress and a, a designer and she suffered economically she suffered a lot through that um but also emotional yeah. like we all did you know having been in a war is really an experience nobody nobody should go through We're going to pause this conversation for a quick two-minute word from today's sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Seed and Ana Luisa. It turns out everything that you know about probiotics may be wrong. And if you're anything like me, you probably don't know a whole lot about probiotics. I spent many an hour standing in the grocery store aisle staring at the million different options and then left empty-handed due to decision fatigue. Seed's Daily Symbiotic is a broad-spectrum, two-in-one, probiotic and prebiotic. It has 24 distinct strains in scientifically studied dosages. They've engineered a two-in-one capsule that protects the probiotics through digestion to ensure that it's delivered all the way to the colon. The benefits go beyond the gut. It eases bloating, healthy regularity, supports your skin health, your gut barrier, heart health. I was excited to try Seed because it's simple. They take the guesswork out of it. They do the research, so I don't have to. So start a new healthy habit today. Go to seed.com simple. You can use the code simple to get 20% off your first month of Seed's daily symbiotic. That's seed.com forward slash simple and use the code simple. The next sponsor for today is Ana Luisa. No relation or connection to my guest today, Ana. Ana Luisa jewelry is made for you and the planet in mind. They're 100% carbon and water neutral, which is a pretty great bonus because I love their jewelry too. They have versatile designs. I have a couple pieces that are classic every day and then a couple pieces that are fun too. Ana Luisa, that's spelled A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A, starts around $39. I'm especially loving the new gold hoops that I got. With our code SIMPLEFAMILIES, you can get 10% off your order at shop.analuisa.com. They have a well-curated gift guide on their website that shows you the best sellers that helps to make gifting really easy. So treat yourself or your loved ones. Use the code SIMPLEFAMILIES to get 10% off. For some beautiful, sustainable jewelry, go to shop.analuisa.com forward slash SIMPLEFAMILIES and use the code SIMPLEFAMILIES. So were you reunited with her in your early 20s? Yeah, yeah. She would come to Vienna and um, once things calmed down, I went back to Zagreb. We were actually together on our island. We have we have an old family house on a little island in Croatia, in the south of Croatia, where my great-grandmother comes from. And uh, we were there when uh, the country was finally freed. Um, it was quite weird listening to a war, but also listening on the radio how one village after the other got freed and knowing that, the, you know, the shelling and explosions we're hearing are actually good for us. You know, we're yeah. actually meaning that, that the country is getting rid of the aggressor. So we were both together that summer when, when Croatia finally won the war. Oh. So... When you decided to start the podcast, 
was this around the time that your mother passed away? Yes. Yeah. And actually not that a few years later, you know, the podcast happened very, very organically because I lost my mom and it was a very big surprise. Um, she was diagnosed with lung cancer and she passed away six weeks later. It went wow. so quickly. It was just, it was, it was just unbelievable. And dealing with grief a few weeks after she passed away, I had a moment where I had this panic attack that I was going to forget everything she, she told me. It started with things she told me. And, and it was a very strange feeling because I felt like if I forget these things, I'm going to forget her. And so I grabbed a pen and paper and started writing things she told me. And that turned into things she taught me and that turned into her lessons. And, and, and that somehow interestingly grew into a book about her life through her lessons. Oh, wow. So tell us what some of those lessons are. This, before I tell you that, I just okay. want to say that what, what struck, what was interesting is that telling my friends about working on this book, it was fascinating for me to learn from that how obvious the topic is, how every woman is immediately questioning herself about mm -hmm. what she learned from her mom, but how we never do it. You know, we just don't think about it. And it's interesting, nobody deals with about it. Yeah. I've been dealing with this topic for two years and I've been trying to, to find books or stories about it or anything else. And it's interesting how that topic Topic is not covered yet uh, to my luck. <laughs> yes. And this is how I decided to start the podcast. I was like, this is so obvious and so important to women. And that's when I decided this should become a podcast. And what mattered to me because I have such an international background was to really interview women from very, very different backgrounds. And I'm very excited that at this stage I have 87 published interviews and I have wow. women from 50 different countries which is a third of of the world's that's amazing of world's official countries yes and and it's such a treasure of life stories and lessons and wisdom and just this amazing female strength and power and wisdom it's beautiful oh I love that <laughs> now we can jump to lessons yeah tell me <laughs> Well, the most important thing I think that I learned from my mom was to love life. Um, my mom was, she lost her parents when she was very, very young. And then she went through that war and I, she, she knew how fragile life was. And, and she just was passionate about life, you know, and she, she loved simple things. She found joy in simple things. I would call her and be like, oh, what are you doing? How are you? She's like, I'm great. The skies are blue. The squirrels are jumping around the trees. The birds are singing. Everything's awesome. You know, she would just, she knew how to see and recognize these beautiful little simple moments that we should be celebrating in life. And that, that gave her a lot of joy. She was, she loved her friends and going out and, and just socializing and people and animals. And she found joy in so many things. Um, connected to that is uh, being present. And I think that was part of why she loved life so much. She knew how to be present in a moment. She never studied all this, you know, Eastern um, uh, spiritual wisdoms but she lived them. 
they came naturally to her and she would connect to a situation and to a moment and to a person that was next to her. Um, And I think that's why she, because she was so present, she was able to recognize beautiful things and, and enjoy them. Definitely through her big career and her being such a creative person, she taught me to leave a mark. And it doesn't have to be a big thing. It doesn't have to be movie awards. You know, even even her wisdom, even things she shared with me, the fact that I remember them and they are valuable to me, I think that that matters a lot. But on top of everything else, she was making dresses for me and she would knit and she would create. She was always creating something. And what was funny, she was constantly changing things. Like whatever she bought, she came home with something. She bought something new. She would immediately change it. <laughs> <laughs> she took her scissors and her sewing kit or something or whatever it is, or change colors, her paints or something. She was just changing and adapting everything. That was interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, what did she teach you about aging? Ah, that, that was a very, very interesting one because, you know, she was so celebrated for her yeah. beauty and aging did not come easy to her. Um, and, and I just, I, I remember catching her. She would look at herself in the mirror and, you know, stretch her face, imagining a facelift. <laughs> <laughs> but she never did. She, she, it's interesting. In theory, she didn't like the fact that she was aging but that wasn't so important to her that she would do something against it you know she never she never even went to a have a facial or anything else let alone do something about it and um she was very adamant about coloring her hair though you would never see a little piece of gray her hair never ever anywhere is that kind of a european thing because I noticed that the last time I was in Europe, that all of the elderly women all had dyed hair. I think it is. I think it is. It's funny. I just I, I just moved back to Europe from Northwest, Pacific Northwest. And it was amazing to see all these very sporty, outdoorsy women in the Northwest with all this beautiful white hair. Yeah. That would not. Yeah. That women in Europe only do that when they are very old. Okay. <laughs> So when they don't have the wherewithal to diet anymore. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But I think what's, what's important is not only with aging, but generally she, 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 she was teaching me and by showing it to just accept what is just to accept myself, you know, and to be grateful for that, what I have. And for for what I look like at that stage of my life I think that was a very very important lesson yeah to accept it and embrace it you know and and that's what she would often tell me she said that in life life of a woman comes in stages there's a stage for everything a phase for everything and you have to embrace every phase and don't rush and don't be impatient um, if you're in a phase to have a baby and take care of a baby, concentrate on that. You'll have time to work on your career later. You know, she was always teaching me to embrace every phase. And I think aging was, was a part of it. Were there any lessons that you learned through her mistakes? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just wanted to make sure. Cause she sounds pretty amazing so far, no, but we're all Cuban, right? No, there were many mistakes. I don't, I don't even know where to begin. First, 
uh, as amazing as she was, both as a mom and, a, and, and just a personality, um, I would be neglected sometimes for all of that. You know, she was so busy with herself and her life and her careers and her friends and everything that was going on that I did not have like a regulated childhood. You know, there was not a time where you go to bed and there was not like she never, ever made a sandwich for me for school or a snack or something. She would give me money and be like, go to the store on the way to school and buy yourself some food. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, she would drag me with her to in the evenings to her things. And I was often remember how tired I would be just sitting around at, you know, dinner and gallery openings and I just wanted to be at home in bed uh she was very chaotic and I de definitely learned from that to be organized <laughs> um she was just very she was improvising things and do everything last moment and I think I'm I'm I've, watching her struggle with it and what chaos that creates I've, I've became a planner and an organized person she was not good with money. Money was just, if money was there, it was there to be spent and enjoy it, you know, and then it wasn't there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so she had quite many financial worries. And as she was teaching me to be very independent in the sense of always have my own career and my own projects and my own friends and my hobbies and be my own source of fulfillment and happiness and not depend on other people, especially not on a man for that. She did not teach me to be completely financially independent. I wish she did. <laughs> yeah. Tell me a little bit about her activism. Um, well, she was, she was always for something better. You know, when, she, <laughs> when she was a student, <laughs> when she was a student early on after that was just right after, after the war, she was a big communist. I read her interviews now from back then and I'm like, oh my God, mom. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, she was a very proud child of 1968. She was, uh, you know, the flower child. She was, there was a 1968 movement in Croatia as well. And the students would go on barricades and be against this and that and she's always proudly telling me I wasn't on the barricades you know when she was at the Academy of Arts she was at the barricades wanting a better a better world um so she identified with communism and then changed her mind she kind on. of did yeah okay yeah that that's a lesson right there being able to change your mind and yes. being able to admit when you're wrong that is absolutely. such a powerful lesson. It is absolutely, absolutely. It, to be, to be flexible and go go with the with with a flow. I want to say, you know, to not be rooted too deeply rooted in in a situation or your beliefs. Yeah, absolutely. And I told you that she was very, very loud for women's rights. It, feminism was interesting in in Yugoslavia back then because. Um, as many communist regimes in Yugoslavia, women were absolutely equal. Women, women were treated equal, and uh, thus there were uh, preschools, there were nurseries, preschools, free schools for children. All children were taken care of so that women can go work. Mm -hmm. Women really worked. When I was little, I didn't know one single stay-at-home mom. They just did not exist. No, that was incredible, you know. Huh. So women were treated equal, except 
<laughs> except that men were still men you know there was a lot of domestic abuse and violence um so she was very active with, with on that on that part and would you say her activism continued in some form throughout her whole life she was always for 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 something and later on she became quite spiritual in the sense of that 1968 child still stayed with her she always wanted a better world she was you know always wanted for people to be happier and more fulfilled <laughs> so this has been very much a sort of a therapeutic adventure for you working through all these stories of women all around the world i imagine yes absolutely i you know the most beautiful thing that i've received through all of this is to see and learn and experience how how connected we are and how similar our experiences and our lives and our lessons and our relationships with our mothers are no matter where we are or how old we are and it's beautiful to see that a mom on a farm in Nepal and a mom somewhere in Tanzania and a mom in Switzerland goes through similar battles and challenges and thus teaches similar lessons. I very strongly feel now after these 90 interviews I conducted this sisterhood, this global sisterhood, and I'm, I'm a little sad that we somehow don't practically feel that more you know, how, how yeah. connected we are and how strong we women are and that all our battles are the same. We're all fighting the same battle, you know? Did you have any other lessons that you wanted to add or did you get to them all? There's so many. We could do a special episode on this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you know, know what? You have gotten me, me thinking about lessons from my own mother too. It feels like something oh. good to journal on and to think on for yes. all of us. Yes, yes, yes. Well, think about then if you would like to, I'd love to have you on my podcast. Right. I admittedly have not spent much time giving consideration to it. I think in the generation that we're in now, especially women who are parenting similar ages of kids as I am, we have been much more inclined to find our information on the internet and in Facebook mm. groups rather than looking to the generations mm. before us. And mm. I'm wondering how that impacts our ability to see the strengths and the lessons. Um, cause I think sometimes we get really focused on, on the negatives. That's true. That's true. And we don't ask, you know, if we asked for advice or lessons, if we were open to, to ask, I think that would improve the relationships and we would see that we don't have to reinvent the wheel, you know? Right. Right. And just because your mother teaches you something doesn't mean that you have to practice it. You know, no, you, no. Can, you can learn from it in any no. way, <laughs> but also you can see as, as we just talked about my mom, you can see things and decide that's not working for you. You know, yeah. you can, you, you can recognize the lessons and not, you don't need to adopt them and leave them. Yes. And I try to be very clear with my kids about my own imperfections and my own mistakes. And I'm hoping that they'll be able to see those and we'll be able to talk about them. And then someday they'll be able to learn from those too. That is so important. That's one of the biggest lessons I've learned through, through the interviews. Women tell me there's this special moment that happens, a special magic that happens when a mother 
says, I know I've made mistakes. I know I'm not perfect. I apologize if I ever hurt you, you know, but please know that I've always done my best. Yeah. And, and it's beautiful hearing my guests talk about this. And, and they say like something opened up in me and I just perceived her completely differently from then on. Um, I, I, I think we, we, that's so important for us as mothers to learn that, to, to, that it means a lot to our children that we admit, admit our failures yes. and mistakes and weaknesses. And, and in the same time, just assure them that we are doing our best, you know, that yeah. when we make mistakes, it doesn't come from not loving them, but maybe from our own conditioning or experiences or lessons from our own moms, you know? Yeah. So I'm excited to listen to more of your episodes. What do you have coming up? Do you have, tell me about some upcoming interviews that you have. I have, um, my next interview is, uh, a, a German lady who used to be a TV presenter and she just a book called, um, we are the daughters of the witches you didn't burn. Oh, wow. <laughs> and she's just amazing because she talks a lot about what I just quickly mentioned. This, this, this empowerment for women and how strong we really are and what a big sisterhood it is. But we just have to recognize it. You know, she, she's a very, very exciting guest. Then I have a lady whom I've known from, uh, from my university times who is a psychologist. She's a professor of psychology, but on the side, she composes modern classical music and, and she already has like three CDs out there and she talks about her relationship with her mom. Um, and where I in the have, world is she? She is originally from Croatia. Like okay. me, she lives in Vienna, Austria right now. Okay. I have a wonderful American book author um, who had a very complicated relationship with her mom because she experienced sexual abuse by her mom's father. And her mom wouldn't believe her. She wouldn't basically, she wouldn't protect her. And she wrote a very beautiful book about this and about her relationship with her mom. Um, so that's going to be a very exciting story. Mm -hmm. I have some, oh, and a very exciting one is a lady. And she is specialized in mothering in Bronze Age, motherhood in Bronze Age. Oh, so I'm wow. very excited to talk to her about, you know, this myths of natural motherhood or like mothers used to do it better. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. very excited to, to learn. Oh, well, I can't wait to tune in. So tell us where we can find you and the podcast. You can find me on my website, which is tighter.com, my second name, T-A-J-D-E-R.com. Um, the podcast is everywhere where podcasts are. It's called Thank You, Mama. Um, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn under my name, Anna Tider. And the cool thing is I'm the only Anna Tider in the world. There's no mistake. <laughs> okay, good to know. So will you I'm send sure me all you will those put links? Some yeah. I will do. Yes. Okay. Yes, and can course. you also send me a picture of you and your mother so we can include that in the show notes? Oh, I'd love to do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for chatting with me today, Anna. Thank you. This was very beautiful. Yes. Thank you. 
Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Anna. If you want to find her online, you can go to tider.com. That's spelled T-A-J-D-E-R. You can also find all the links to get in touch with her in the show notes at simplefamilies.com forward slash episode 299. As always, thanks for tuning in. And when you have a moment, please leave a rating or review on iTunes. That helps this show to reach more people. Thanks so much and have a good one.